I'm Jimmy James. I'm Carl Knapp. Carl is a practicing attorney in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. We're longtime friends, and once a week we get together to talk about divorce, child support, custody, criminal law, and much more. So come hang out, because this is Just Lawing Around. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Just Lawing Around Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about this case that popped up as a, what do they call this? A press release, a Montgomery County press release. Titled Narstown Woman Arrested After Son Took Her Firearm to School. There's a lot of information in this. I wanted to break it down. I wanted to talk about the criminal aspect. I want to talk about the custody aspect. Uh, I want to talk about the, the, I guess, the parental rights between the two parents of the child, which I don't believe are together. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff we want to break down in this. I briefly talked to Carl about it. Uh, we kind of shooting some ideas back and forth on it. I guess what I'm going to do is start off by reading. There is a press release, which we'll link. Uh, and I'm going to kind of go through each paragraph and, and Carl and I are going to break each one down. So Carl, if you don't mind, I guess you could say hello if you want, but then I'm going to start reading. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go, go right ahead. You read it and then I'll uh, jump in when we get to, um, we get about halfway through the facts of this thing. Okay. All right. Um, I'm actually going to read the first two paragraphs because the first one's just kind of like, you know, buttering all the police that were involved. So <laughs> uh, yeah. it starts out Narstown, PA, February 15, 2023. Montgomery County District Attorney Kevin R. Steele and Narstown Acting Police Chief Michael Bishop announced the arrest of Jasmine Devlin, 30, <clears throat> excuse me, 30 of Narstown on charges of felony endangerment, of felony endangering the welfare. What, why am I reading this weird? On charges of felony endangering the welfare of a child and reckless endangerment relating to failing to secure a firearm in her home, which resulted in a handgun being taken to school by her elementary school age son. So that's the first paragraph. Let me jump into the second one real quick. On February 9th, 2023, Narstown police were called to the Joseph K. Gottwalls Elementary School for a report of a child with a gun. A group of children who got off of a bus that morning uh, reported immediately to the school secretary that a six-year-old boy had been showing all other students on the bus a real gun and bullets. The school secretary immediately brought the boy into the office, looked into his backpack, and saw the firearm. He then called Narstown police. I will go more into this, but I think there's a lot of information in there to talk about. I think it's interesting they mentioned that the child was six, six years old, six, yeah. had a Is real gun, it First did have said? bullets. I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. What did you, what that's, you a, that's okay. He's six years old, so I guess he's in first grade. I mean, um, yeah, that, that's insane. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah, that's a young, that's a young kid. But any, any rate, yeah, go ahead. He, he did. He, he had a gun and he had the bullets. And I understand from reading this, I do not believe the gun was loaded, but he did have. He had them both together in his backpack that he took to school okay so, I, I assume that's speculation i don't know because it doesn't like clearly state that anywhere right no it doesn't it doesn't state anyway i, I was kind of guessing and when we, when we get into this a little more it, it, apparently there's another child involved too, a 10 year old brother and uh, if you want to read the next paragraph, I think that gets a little bit into the brother, and I'm not sure how they get this information, but read that one if you would. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's jump to the next paragraph. An investigation by Narstown detectives found that on the evening of February 8th, 2023, the six-year-old boy found Devlin's loaded handgun, a 9mm Jimenez Arms semi-automatic handgun, in a dresser in her bedroom. His 10-year-old brother took the bullets out of the gun and was pointing the gun at his brother, pretending to shoot him. The 6-year-old told detectives that in the middle of the night, he went into the bedroom and put the firearm into his backpack and then took the gun to school. Yeah, that's kind of where I was getting the idea that it was unloaded because when it says his 10-year-old brother took the bullets out of the gun and um, it's a semi-automatic handgun I, I know you're not a gun guy <laughs> no yes. I, I know i know a little bit about guns um it i don't think a six-year-old could put bullets back in a semi-automatic you know you got to load the magazine um so i, I was just thinking yeah the, the the older kid took the bullets out which is probably easier to do than putting bullets in 
right. at least for, for a semi-auto. And then I think probably the little kid just took the gun and the bullets and put them in his backpack. Now, I said to you before we started that I, I think it's fascinating that a freaking 10 year old knew how to do this. Like, I, I know how to take bullets out of a gun. Yeah, that's like, pretty. You think he took impressive. the bullets out or do you think he just like removed the magazine? Yeah, because because usually and, and you know, I'm not a gun expert, but I, I shotguns. I I know how to use guns. The the magazine is like I, I always describe it kind of like a Pez Pez dispenser, right? You, you know what a Pez yeah, dispenser? Oh, are, yeah. you too, are you too young, right? No, I, I love Pez. Yeah, no, I remember <laughs> like those. A, yeah, so people like the way you know a Pez works, right? You stack the Pez into that you know that long you know holder of the Pez dispenser, right. and then if you want to get them the out, you, and it pops yeah, the bullet out, right? And it pops one out. So, uh, you know, a magazine on a gun is just like that. The bullets would be the Pez. You stack them, but, you know, to push them in, there's a spring on the bottom of a magazine. So to right. push it in there is hard because you put one bullet in, then you got to push that bullet down and put another bullet in. Right. So getting them out is kind of like getting Pez out of a Pez dispenser. You know, I think it would be easy to unload it um you think maybe they unloaded it and then maybe it was yeah. too difficult to reload that's you know, kind of what they yeah. were to that's, have tried yeah i think it would it requires like you know you, you got to push pretty hard to get you know get that spring moving to get the other bullet in right. so i'm thinking a kid probably just you know when you said could he get them out he probably could just slide them out one at a time now you got to get the magazine out of the gun which is generally just pushing a button right and, you know, the magazine falls out and then you get the bullet. So this is a six-year-old and a 10-year-old. Now, neither yeah. one of those could be charged, I assume, right? They're too young or? Yeah, they're they're too young to be charged. Is that like how that works? Like, are, are children just like exempt from criminal law? <laughs> and it just like well, falls on the parents? Well, it depends. I mean, up until a certain age and, you know, there there is juvenile court where you can charge. You're not going to charge a six-year-old with, with juvenile crimes. The 10-year-old, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess theoretically the 10-year-old committed the crime of of recklessly endangering. You know, recklessly endangering, which we abbreviate to R-E-A-P, REAP. Reap. You know, <laughs> you're to reap, case called reap. reap. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're floating around, you know, the DAs and you hear them say, oh, you know, we'll, we'll let them plead to a reap. <laughs> That's what they're talking about. <laughs> but it's recklessly I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Another person. Next time I'm at the courthouse, if I'm ever there, I'm going to walk around, reap, 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 reap. reap. Yeah. <laughs> Saying reap and not rape. Cause yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Don't want to be there for that. <laughs> but reap is, uh, it's kind of a, an odd overarching a person commits a misdemeanor of second degree if he recklessly engages in conduct which places or may place another person in danger of death or serious bodily injury so clearly i would think pointing a loaded gun at somebody places them uh you know at danger of death or serious bodily injury reap sometimes you'll see even like if somebody's driving if you're in my car and i'm driving like a lunatic or whatever 100 miles an hour they could probably charge me with a reap because i put you you know i've recklessly placed you you know at in risk harm's of way right of an accident or something yeah. now what about yeah. being that there were no bullets you can still that doesn't matter yeah i think i think if the gun's not loaded i don't think you have reap um i i don't because i don't think you're then you have brandishing yeah, pointing a gun at somebody. I mean, we're talking about this 10-year-old, and, you know, we're kind of talking whether he would be charged. They're not going to charge a 10-year-old with something like this. Same thing with a little kid taking the gun to school. They're not going to charge him. Um, but the mother clearly, as you said, they, 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 there's a loaded gun in the house. and You've got at least two kids in the house, a 10 and a six-year-old so and the gun's accessible right because the kids got it yeah <laughs> you know, right I, I don't know where they found it it's not locked up it, it's loaded so you know there's a lot of problems here in terms of parenting you know <laughs> yeah no i agree oh uh, I mean, and there's a little bit more about this if i can i'm just gonna read the next paragraph uh because it'll kind of i want to get into the next part but i think i need to read it before i do it uh, detectives found that the firearm was a straw purchase firearm. That's important because, you know, I was going to talk about the responsibility of the mom, 
you know, if this was just a genuine accident and she just, the kids gained access to a gun, a legal gun. It doesn't sound like this was a legal gun. It was a firearm from a straw purchase, um, which we'll talk about that in a second. Purchased on March 4th of 2022 by Joseph Rudnitska's 33 of Narstown. Ranitskas was arrested on April 9th of 2022 by Narsound police and is waiting trial on multiple felony charges relating to the illegal purchases and sales of four firearms, including the firearm in this incident. So this was not a gun law abiding citizen, I'm assuming. Or was no, it? I, like the, I, the, when they say straw purchase, does that mean that this person was aware that this gun was illegal? Usually, straw straw purchase refers to the person who bought the gun, which is Joseph, whatever his name Ranitskas. So he's the one. Usually, you know, in straw purchase, you you go like, for example, I, I I go. You want a gun or something, or somebody wants a gun, and maybe they can't own a gun because they're they're a felon or they have um, you know prior convictions or something. Right. So I go to the gun store and I don't have a criminal record. I buy the gun and then I give it to somebody else. So you know that's oh, a, so it's a legal straw. gun, just yeah, the, in the like, wrong hands. Correct. Into like the, the wrong hands, right? The person who buys it is usually legit isn't that a pretty big risk on the on the gun owner yeah it's a very like big risk if i buy a gun and you can't have a gun and i buy one and i give it to you and you go commit a crime isn't that gun coming back to me well you i'm at a minimum going to get charged with with giving you the gun um i think you know i think if you then use the gun in in a uh, you know some sort of crime i think the charges are probably going to escalate um okay so you know it is just merely possessing the gun illegal like because if you can't buy and and i know that like i i know we don't want to go down the gun law road because i don't have any of that information right in front of me i don't keep up with all the different laws in place there's a million Mm -hmm. of them and they're hard to keep up with but if you do know just out of curiosity um is it illegal to possess a gun even if you're unable to buy one because a dealer might not sell one to you, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're not allowed to have one. Or, or am I wrong about that? You're. It's not illegal to possess a gun unless unless you fall into one of the categories, like clinically of, insane or something like that. You know, if you, um, or you're a drug dealer. Yeah, drug dealer. If you committed a drug crime, if you have felony convictions, um, if if sometimes there's a current like a PFA against you, you and they say no firearms. Right. Um, so no, if you have like a completely, you know, clean criminal record, there's no, it's not a crime for you to possess the gun. Even if it's not your gun. Correct. And, and I'm thinking I could see a scenario where it was completely legit. Suppose I have a gun and I say, Hey, James, let's go up to, uh, let's go to the firing. Let's go to the firing range and shoot. Right. So I, you know, we go up there and, you know, I, I hand you the gun and, you know, you, you shoot targets with it. At that point, you're possessing it. Right. Um, there's no, it's my gun. You're possessing it. There's no crime committed there. Right. So that's what I'm saying. But like, yeah. okay, but if you, if, if, if you leave and, you know, you forget your gun box, you leave it in my car or something, I bring mm-hmm. it inside my house, you're not there and I possess your gun. Am I, I now in possession of a gun that I shouldn't be in possession of? I don't, I don't think, think so, right? I don't think, I don't think so. Unless <laughs> you report it stolen. Yeah, unless it's reported stolen or there's some other restriction on you possessing a firearm. So I guess uh, my, my point is, is like if, if this straw purchase was somebody purchased the gun and gave her the gun, assuming that she has the right to own a gun, at this point, having that gun in her dresser is not a crime, I would assume. I don't think so. Unless there's so. some and, kind of not, legal restriction for her. Correct. And I'm not an expert on gun law either. Um, but I don't, I don't think that, because you, as you can see, and we pulled up the, the charges, she's not charged with possessing a firearm, right? Or illegally possessing a firearm. Right. Okay. So I guess I can read off the charge here yeah. if you want. Yeah. Her I think charges, it was charges, right? Yeah. It was two charges. It was a misdemeanor two and a felony three. The misdemeanor <laughs> two is recklessly endangering another person, which is your reap. Acronym. That's our reap. 
or not ac- <laughs> yeah acronym i guess yeah <laughs> felony three and then in and then that was an, a misdemeanor two and then she has a felony three endangering welfare of children parent guardian other commits offense so i'm i'm saying it, endangering the welfare of children is when he pointed the gun at somebody or brandished it at the school or just the child simply possessing it was endangering. I I think having a loaded, I think don't forget the ones getting charged is not the kid. It's the, it's the mother. So if the little boy's on the bus with the gun, he's not being charged obviously with anything. The mother is being charged with endangering the welfare of the, of a child. So is that uh, from the bullet incident inside the house? I think, yeah. So it says, and I'll, I'll pull, you know, the statute says, and, you know, all, all these crimes are contained in the crimes code. You know, they can all be looked up. I mean, right. I, so this is it, what? Title 18, 4304A1? Yeah. Title 18 is the crimes code. So any crime is contained in, in Title 18. So this is 4304, right? Yeah. Do they, uh, is there a, a section one. number? A1. So A1 is. Uh, and I'm going to skip through a lot of the uh, a parent um, supervising the welfare of a child under the age of 18 or a person that employs or supervises. So that would be like a daycare commits an offense of knowingly endangering the welfare of a child by violating a duty of care, protection or support. That doesn't really tell us. Um, tell us a whole lot. Well, it sounds like it's because the child had access to a loaded gun. Correct. So that, it, it sounds like anything outside of the house isn't even like the, the fact that there was a gun on the school bus and there was a gun in the school. It doesn't sound like she's even getting in trouble for that. She's getting no. in trouble. That, that's just what like tipped them off to find out that, OK, this six year old and 10 year old had access to a loaded gun. We're going to charge it, you with that. That's and that's exactly where it comes from. It comes from that she has a loaded gun in her house that her children have mm-hmm. access to. I mean, right. that, that places and, and to make it, you know, the, the, the crime is, is graded, um, say felony three. Uh, yes. Is, felony three. Yeah. So the, if the actor engaged in a course of conduct, um, the offense constitutes a felony of the third degree. If the actor created a substantial risk of death or serious bodily injury, the offense constitutes a felony of the third degree. So that's, you know, again, having a loaded gun accessible to a kid creates, um, you know, the risk of death or serious bodily injury. So that's where it's a felony three. Okay. Um, And a felony three, I think we've talked about this a little bit before, you know, crimes are all kind of, um, they're all graded in, in Pennsylvania. Right. So, you know, you got felonies, misdemeanors, and then summary offenses, felonies, you have a one, two, and a three. A three is the least serious of the felonies, but it carries a maximum sentence up to seven years. So three and a half to seven on a on an F3, F3, <laughs> as we call it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty serious charge. The other one's an M2, which is a misdemeanor of the second degree, obviously. Right, um, which isn't yeah. it's, that's not a joke either. I mean, that's still you can do some no, prison time on that. Uh, up to one to two, you know. We always talk, you know, maximum sentences. The maximum is set by the statute, so right. you know the maximum you can get on a felony three is seven years. Jeez. And so I'll and never then do all that though. No, no, and and then the three and a half and be out. Yeah, and then the. I think we talked before about the minimum and the max, but you know, the, the minimum can't be more than half of the max. So, you know, three and a half to seven would be technically the, the highest you could get. Now the three and a half just says that's when you're eligible for parole. Right. Um, if, if you did, if you do the whole thing, you're going to do seven years. Right. All right. And then if you get out in three and a half years, you're still doing seven years. You're just doing it at home. Correct. Right. Okay. Yeah. And just because it carries seven, you don't have to get seven. Like they could give you, I mean, you could be sentenced to, you know, a, a one to two on, on an F3. Okay. Right. So it's, it's their discretion. They just can't do more than seven. 
Correct. Yeah. Seven, now is seven. that is that per charge? Like, so what if she had two F threes? Then would that double fourteen years? It it would. Yeah. Okay. It, it, well, in terms of exposure, like you know, when you hear, uh, you know, they they could a lot of times you'll see somebody you know arrested on TV and they say, oh, they're facing up to one hundred and fifty years in prison, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what's if the you point? take. The, yeah, that's if you take the max on every single charge. Right. So they do that and, for. And you, Right, yeah, so it's like under your scenario, like if you said, yeah, there was two F3s, they could, you know, the reporter's going to say, well, she's facing up to 14 years in prison, right? Because you can run it for their article. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds worse. And you, you know, you can run sentences consecutively, which means you run one until it, until it maxes out or stops. And then you start running the second one. So that's where they get like, so if you ran seven years and then another seven, you're looking at 14. Right. It almost never, almost never works that way. But, but that's where those numbers come from. So in this, you'd, you'd have a three and a half to seven and a one to two. So somebody might be saying, oh, she's facing up to nine years in prison. Jeez. Okay. She probably won't get that, but yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of, but but you know, and the other thing we were going to touch on, um, you, you know, this this woman's not mother of the year either. You know? Yeah, all right. So we we did a little due diligence on this, and I looked her up on uh, the dockets to see what else she might have had going on in her life, um, mm -hmm. and it looks like she had a couple other things going on. In April 17th of 2017, she got a citation for operating a vehicle without financial responsibility. Uh, she either pled guilty or was found guilty. Um, I, what's a grade S summary? Summary is it? Yeah. Okay. And, and the summary offense is like a traffic ticket. Right, right. Uh, and then October 29th of 2018, she got a driving unregistered vehicle. She pled guilty or there's a guilty plea, I should say. Uh, and then same date, she also got an obstructed window charge, uh, which was also a guilty plea. And then in oh, the same date, <laughs> October 29, 2018, oh, yeah. you got failure to use safety belt. So she didn't use her seatbelt driver and front seat occupant. So I, I guess that's both. Yeah. Uh, and then the big one, which was uh, June 19th of 2021, was what looks to be all. DUI related, so driving driving while operating privilege was suspended or revoked, careless driving, failure to stop and give info or render aid, uh, accident damage to unattended vehicle or property, and then DUI general impairment uh, first offense. Um, yeah, so she she got uh, DUI. There was probably an accident because the accident to unattended vehicle property. You know that's if you're. Obviously, you drive. You're driving down the street, and you you hit a parked car, right? Right. You're and then the next one, failure to stop and render aid. You're supposed to stop, right? And <laughs> try to find try to find the owner and or or leave a note and say, hey, I hit your car. Here's my contact information. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> if, obviously, if you're drunk, you're probably <laughs> not, yeah, you're just gonna keep stopping. on going. Right? You're probably gonna keep on going. You may not even know you hit the car. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, so they threw the book at her, and then uh, some of the uh, statewide it was Delaware, and then and then I see driving while operating privilege is suspended or revoked. What what usually happens on these things? It snowballs, right? So when you do a DUI, you almost always will lose your license it'll be suspended for some period of time right you know depending on how high your bac is and i know we did a whole dui one but what happens is people then go and they drive anyway and their license is suspended and they get pulled over and then when the cop runs the license it comes back well you know your operating privilege is suspended right and then you get charged with that um which this is a 1543A, which is not DUI-related, if I'm correct. The, the, if, if your license is suspended DUI-related and you drive, it's there's mandatory jail time for that. Uh, okay, so maybe she got suspended for the failure to use registration and insurance or something like that. Yeah, it could be, could be. Could be child uh, support. Who knows? We, we don't really know. Honestly, though, like looking at these... Graphic offenses, like, all right, a DUI is horrible. Don't drink and drive. You can 
you can kill somebody. Don't do that. But aside mm-hmm. from that, she's not really, she doesn't have like a criminal record. It doesn't seem like, okay, she's got some traffic offenses. So do I, I got, I got a million traffic offenses, but <laughs> there's no criminal record. I mean, I used to get pulled over every other day for window tint. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, mean, I, I was know. a criminal. Used to call me too every time you got pulled over for your. One of these days, dude, we're doing we're a podcast still, on that. We're gonna do the window tint. I know you're the you are the expert on window tint. You know way more about that. I know it's by the letter of the law, you're allowed to have window tint. You know window tint, and yeah, we're gonna do a podcast on that. That's not <laughs> don't, don't even get me started on that. Like, I don't know if anybody out there cares about window tint. I care about window tint. James, uh, James- <laughs> I got and I have all the videos of my interactions with the police in that regard. Oh. Those are great. Those yeah, are great. exactly. We're gonna tell that whole story because that is a good. That's a great, great story. And I got involved with that one peripherally too, if I recall. You did. Yep. Uh, I, yep. Went, that, I think it was the same local police department, wasn't that, it? Yeah, that we've been dealing with for <laughs> yeah, with other stuff, yeah, with for family stuff. related stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Correct. Dealing with the power of attorney stuff. Yep. That's right. Um, so, so you're right. She, she had, you know, she had a DUI and stuff, but it doesn't look like she had anything that would keep her from possessing a firearm, which is, or, why or even say that she's like a bad person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and when I say she wasn't mother of the year, I'm just saying well, it, yeah, it I mean, wasn't the brightest thing to look at, you know, I don't have to tell people this, but you know, if you own guns and you have children, right. Obviously, you don't keep the bullets in the guns, you don't keep the guns out, you keep the guns locked, or you keep them in a safe, and, you know, you know, the fact that the, the, a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old just pick a loaded gun up, I mean, they're, they're lucky, she's lucky the 10-year-old unloaded the gun before he pointed it at the 6-year-old, Oh right? my god, yeah. yeah I mean, that could have been tragic. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's scary, you know? Um, but then part of me also wants to say, you know what? Some of these parents should be thankful for video games because I bet you that's why he knew how to unload that thing. It could be. And, and, you know, you know, the other question is, you know, when you have a semi-automatic, right, you can have, you can have bullets in the magazine, but like not, it, there's not a round chambered, right? So right. that would real, and I don't know what, you know, I don't know what the gun, what the gun was, you know, whether, whether there was one in the chamber or not, cause that's scary. Cause you, you know, you pull the trigger and that goes off. Um, I mean, look, I find it fascinating that like, okay, her kids made a poor decision in taking this gun to school, but she, she's obviously raising a smart child. I mean, he picked up a gun, which was stupid, but he unloaded it. I mean, a 10 year old decided that this is smarter to unload this before I pointed at a six year old. Let me take (laughs) the bullets out. Like that's, that's an interesting line of thinking for a 10 year old. It, it, yeah, it is. And it, you know, it's when I, when I read the press release, it says, you know, and you, as you read it, the, the investigation by the detectives found that on the eb- evening of February 8th. So the kid gets caught on what the 14th? Oh, no, no, the 9th. I'm I think sorry. she turned herself in on the 14th. Yeah, she turned herself in on the 14th. But they must have got this information from the kids. You know, they they must have interviewed the ten and the six year old to get this information. And they do so, that without the parent. Well, I, the parent would. I think the parent would have to consent to it. Now we haven't Even touched the on parents a suspect. There's, there's there's probably another parent involved here. Obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah well, we don't hear anything before, about the dad, right? Just before we tap into that, let me just finish yeah. reading the the press release. We only have a little bit left, yeah. and most of it is just, I don't know, them trying to give me a life lesson through a press release. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it says this, yeah. this incident is frightening reminder of the fact that children can can and do find unsecured firearms in in a home, and they play with them. Thankfully, these young boys were not shot or injured in their home, and no one was shot or injured at the school thanks to the quick action by school personnel uh doc uh, said da steel i mean i i could go off on this but (laughs) thanks to the quick action of the school no how about thanks to the quick action of the kids that told the school you know what i mean like uh, i I think the other kids i think the other kids on the bus were the ones yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. The kids on the yeah, bus yeah. are the ones that told the teachers. Let, like, let's yeah. let's commend the kids, not the, the teachers. Yeah. Yeah, the All kids right. got off the bus. I guess the kid was showing it on the bus, and they got off the bus and said, hey, 
uh, little Johnny has a gun and bullets. <laughs> right. <It's>, <laughs> and then it says, this case is also a reminder of just how dangerous straw purchase firearms are. See, I got well, I could break this whole thing down on why I hate this. Because this, you the, don't like, the you straw don't like purchase spin. has nothing to do with this. It really doesn't, in my opinion. Because any legal gun owner can put a gun in their dresser and their kid can find it. It has nothing to do with that. That's, that is true. Uh, I mean, they're kind of saying, yeah, but for the the straw purchase, she wouldn't have had the gun. But I don't know if she could have bought, bought the gun legally. I right. don't know. Like you, like you said, I don't. They're I not think charging she, her with illegally possessing right. a gun, which tells me she had a legal right to have I, it. I think you're I think you're correct. And the, the straw gun purchase, the, the weird thing is the guy, you know, he was charged with a straw gun purchase March 4th, right? 2022. So a year ago. Right. Um, and so he's been awaiting trial, um, relating to this. So he must have bought this gun a long time ago and, and given it to her because, you know, he, he's, I don't think he's buying guns when he's out on, you know, felony charges waiting for trial. Right. So, but you're right. You know, whether, whether she got the gun through a straw purchase or she got the gun legally, it really, I'm with you. I don't know what makes a whole heck of a they're, lot of They're different. trying to like shade, so they, like this is what they do. They write in a way to shade the person as much as they can to strengthen their their public opinion on the case. And it's so annoying. It's like, bro, just give me the facts. <laughs> I don't I don't care about all this extra buffer. Like <laughs> Spin. Spin. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, this whole paragraph is in parentheses, which to me means it's all their freaking opinion, not, not the facts of the case. It's what mm -hmm. somebody said. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're right. You're right. All right, moving on. I'm sorry. <laughs> Chief well, she, Bishop, she, what? Uh, I was going to say that you know who was uh, what part. I was going to just say we, she she was arraigned right on the 14th. I guess that's when she turned herself in. Yeah. And... Okay. Well, wait, 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 because I, I just went off on that whole paragraph, and I think the next paragraph does what I wish they would have done in the first one. It says okay, Chief Bishop praised the students who told. What they saw on the bus. I would like to commend the children who notified school officials immediately, thus preventing another tragedy at a school. Well, there's what well, wasn't going to be a tragedy. It was unloaded. Uh, these children are the true heroes in this unfortunate incident. Their notification to the school officials resulted in an immediate response by Narcel and police, ensuring the safety of everyone at the school. I like that paragraph a lot better. Yes, yeah, that, that's that what you wanted to hear, that the children are the true heroes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. Not, not the teachers, the I wanted children. to hear that the little snitches were the heroes. <laughs> they, they were, no, yeah. they did no, the right no, thing. Those kids, no, those kids, you got to commend them. They were, they were smart. You know, they saw something that was a problem. Obviously, a, you know, a kid with a gun is a problem. And they immediately told um, the authorities. No, so, I agree. I think they did absolutely the right thing. They, that was that was smart, right? And, and thank goodness this kid, I, I don't think he had any ill intent. I think he was just like, you know... Oh, I'm cool. Off. I have a gun. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, hey, look what I got or look what I found. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't think he had any intent of harming anybody. And just, just to clarify, I referred to him as little Johnny. I, his name is not, that's not his name. I'm just, <laughs> I just <laughs> made a little, up a name. Little John Doe, right? <laughs> little Johnny. Yeah, little John Doe. I didn't want to. <laughs> the, name, the names are obviously not in here. I don't want anybody to think I'm using the kid's name. Right, um, right, right. No, I mean we we have her name, but you know that's that's part of the press release. And she's well, that last paragraph is Devlin turned herself into the police on February fourteenth, twenty twenty three. That's Valentine's Day, and was arraigned on the current charges by a magisterial district judge, Albert J. Augustine. He sounds rich. Uh, who set bail <laughs> at fifty thousand dollars unsecured with an additional bail condition being no contact with children, with children. I'm going to yeah, come back to that. A preliminary hearing is scheduled for 11 a.m. February 24, 2023, before Magisterial J District Judge Francis J. Lawrence Jr. Uh, now, I want to go back to that because being no contact with children, it doesn't say with her children. It just says with children. Does that mean all children? Well, the way that's written, yeah, is all children. I don't know how you enforce that. You know, uh, and, you know, not to be lawyer here, but, you know, what's what's contact with children, right? If I go to the supermarket and, you know, there's kids running around the aisles, you know, am I in contact with children? Um, right. 
you know, it, it's, or if I go to the movie theater and there's kids, you know, it's sitting in the row behind me. Yeah. That's a little tricky to, um, to enforce in terms of a bail provision. Clearly they're not going to let her see her kids. Right. So that um, brings in the other parent. So yeah, I am under the belief that these parents probably don't live together. I don't, I don't think so. I'm I think the dad would have probably been charged too. If they uh, live together, yeah, then they should be both they, be charged, I right? Think they both would have been charged, um, unless somehow they pointed the finger at each other. But I think they would both be charged. I mean, if I know my wife has a loaded gun, you know, sitting on her, her dresser, I mean, I have some obligation as a parent to to do something about that. So yeah, I don't yeah, think absolutely. they live together. I'm pretty sure they don't live together. So you have a whole custody layer to this. I'm assuming. Dad is going. We don't know if it's a custody order or not, but Dad's going to file, uh, you know, some sort of emergency petition. To well, get I mean, does custody. he even need to? Probably. I mean, wasn't doesn't. He kind I mean, of just giving it through that bail condition. Yeah, yeah they're they're going to. Well, like, okay. They're, I, I guess they could say like her parents could have the kids or something, but if he, he could fight for them and get them easily out of that. Yeah, and most likely they're going to give the kids to the other parent. Like the right. police, the police are going to call dad and say, hey, pick up the kids. Right. Um, and, and, you know, she's, you know, do you have to file an emergency petition to change custody? You probably don't because she's really not allowed to have any contact with the kids anyway. But yeah, it's it's odd that you don't hear anything i guess really he he really doesn't have anything to do with it other than he will probably be raising these kids for the foreseeable future right yeah so does he have all right so somebody like a mom can she lose sole custody out of this can she lose primary custody out of this or does she still retain her rights to her kids like how does that work she's well as long as the bail is in place the bail is going to override any kind of any kind of custody order so you can't she can't see the kids you know with with this bail provision in place now you can file to modify bail um in in the criminal context in other words she could file you know a petition to modify the bail to take that provision out now i don't think they're going to take all that out no unless they're they might say she can't see the children unsupervised. Right. I was going to say supervised visit, but yeah, what, supervised. If, what if she's found guilty of this? I mean, d- yeah, how does that affect her custodial rights? It's not going to help them, but I don't think it's going to, it's not going to kill her. It's not going to mean that she never sees the kids. Right. Is uh, I think, so if she gets convicted of say recklessly endangering the, the the children or, or endangering the welfare, that's not going to look good. And that would certainly be a consideration in a custody hearing. You yeah. Know, so I was going to say like that probably holds a lot of weight in a custody hearing as far as it, is the child safe with this person versus it, this other person. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a long period of time after all these charges are resolved where she has some sort of supervised custody with these kids because yeah, this is not, this is not a good scenario. No, no, and, not at you know, all. She's going, I don't, I don't know what her answer is. Right. And, you know, we're, we're assuming, you know, the guns, the, the guns clearly accessible, but you know, it could, you know, if, if I'm defending her, right. She could say, you know, I, I, I had the gun in a shoe box in my closet underneath three other shoe boxes. Right. Right. Uh, it was it was hidden away, and ha- how the heck did I know the kids were ever going to find it there? Okay, it's still it's not a great answer, but it's better than the gun is is laying on my nightstand. Right, right. It's certainly a better explanation um, that you I mean, know I had shows, the gun hidden. It shows intent to hide it, right? Yeah, exactly. It shows intent to to protect the kids. You know, I, I kept it, and 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 maybe. You know, maybe she's going to say, you know, the gun w- was in the shoebox, but the magazine had bullets in it, but it wasn't in the gun, and there was no bullet in the in the chamber of the gun. Okay, you know, now it becomes less and less egregious, right? Because we don't know. I, I don't know how they're going to prove the gun. You know, we say when a gun is loaded, and and you know, again. <laughs> 
playing lawyer here, right? Right. If, if a gun has a, you know, if it's a semi-automatic and it has a magazine in it and the magazine has bullets, is the gun loaded? I would say probably yes. But if you pull the trigger of that gun, it will not fire. So you're, you're, you're differentiating loaded and chambered. Yes, exactly. Okay. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate, but, well, you know, it, if you pull the trigger of that gun, it will not fire. You would have to chamber around before it fires. Right. Now, and, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, say that this woman is innocent. But yeah, these I mean, are like, things we don't know that, anything about this woman. I, we're just speculating. All we know is this article. I've never heard of this woman before this article. But I, I do yeah. have a question for you. What about... It sounds like a lot of this case rests on the testimony of the six and the ten year old. Yeah, that was the next thing I was just going to touch on. Yeah, like we, to me, it's a very important a, a where this gun was found, at which would which I assume is going to have to come from these kids. Six year old has really no credibility in my mind. A ten year old, mm, a well, little I mean, bit. Yeah, but what if one of those but, kids just wanted to feel cool and was like, "Yeah, I knew how to unload it. It was loaded. I unloaded it." But what if he never did? What if he found the gun and the bullets separate, you know? Well, that's the other thing I was going to say. Right. Suppose, suppose the gun was in one spot and the magazine with the bullets in it was in another spot and the kid, okay, he found the gun, in, you know, in the shoebox in the closet and then he found the magazine, you know, under the bed and then he unloaded the magazine yeah, I'd like to know a lot of these details, especially if I'm going to be representing her, and I'm not representing her, but if right, I were. Right, but if you were, hypothetically. I think a lot of these details are important. I think they're very important. I agree, be, too, because she could have you know, taken every proper measure to secure this weapon. I'm not saying she yeah. did, but I'm saying she could yeah. have. And then these kids give whatever story they want, and then the police, what, just believe what this 6- and 10-year-old say and make it a criminal complaint? Yeah, I mean, like you said, they're going to have to, they're going to have to get the information from the kid, in, unless she's, she's dumb and she gave a statement, right? To the to the police. Now it's quite possible she gave a statement where she said, "Yeah, you know, I kept a loaded gun in my nightstand because I was afraid people were going to break in." So you know, yes, the magazine had had bullets. Oh, stop, in it. stop, yeah. stop, 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 yeah. stop, like, stop. Hey, people, people do all sorts. Of <laughs> Don't talk to the police. It's as simple hey, as that. I need a lawyer. Get me a lawyer. Do it all, they will spill their guts. Everybody on cops talks themselves right in the handcuffs. Right? Yeah, like, you think I'm making this up, but you've seen it, right? People Every do time. it. And the cops are, you know, we cops are good. They're going to say, okay, was, where was the magazine? Okay, the magazine was in the gun. Okay, the, the magazine had bullets in it. Yes, it did. It's like okay. a psychological need to be believed that you just override <laughs> yeah. your rights. Like, I need you to believe that I'm telling the truth, even though you're lying. Even if you are telling the truth, nine times out of ten, you're giving them something that backs you into a corner. Yeah, it's, it's, you're not helping. You're, you're never helping well. I would say you're almost never helping yourself. Right. Uh, if you're the, you know, if you're the target of the investigation and you know you did something wrong, you're not going to help yourself by talking to the police. No, not at all. Um, so, but yeah, I would like to know a lot of these other facts because I think it changes the case significantly. You know, the kid has the gun, right? But we're kind of working backwards. We're saying, okay, the kid had the gun, so therefore he found the gun. Therefore, it wasn't hidden all that well. Well. I, I don't, I don't know. Speculation too, though. Yeah, it's all speculation. It's like when you, I, I don't know, when you were a kid, did you, did, when your parents bought the Christmas gifts, did they hide them? Oh, I can never they, find them. I don't know where they put them. <laughs> <laughs> I believed in Santa for a long time. <laughs> yeah, we would, you know, we would rip the house apart and be like, okay, where, you know, once you realized it wasn't Santa, it was your parents. You know, you would look for these things, right? Um, so, so the mere fact that I find it doesn't necessarily mean that it was like that accessible, done, right? Yeah, that it was, I mean, kids are pretty good at finding stuff, <laughs> have an Easter egg hunt, you know, they'll find it. Oh yeah. Yeah. They pay attention so, way more than you realize. Yeah. So I think the 10 year old's going to have to fill in some of these, some of these details like, okay, the, you know, the gun was right there, but again, he's the star witness against mom mm. yeah it, it's it's look it's, it's unfortunate but there's a lot of yeah. fascinating things in this i mean she wasn't charged with illegally possessing a weapon 
it doesn't yeah. appear from any publicly available information that she didn't have a right to have a weapon. Mm-hmm. It might have been a straw purchase. Okay, it's a little bit of shady business, but that doesn't mean that she wasn't allowed to have it. Mm-hmm. And and some kid found it and went to school, and she's not even being charged with the gun being at the school. No, well, she didn't take the gun to school, so right. you know he did. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a big problem in the custody, as we said, um, because because look, no, you know. Whoever represents her in the custody case is going to have to do the same thing I'm talking about, right? Downplay this, you know, as, as an honest mistake, right? That you know, yeah, the gun was hidden away, and you know, you know, I'm kind of curious. I, I don't know where she was when they were playing with the gun either, which is a kind of a question I would have, right? You know, because it says the night before the the kids are playing with the gun. You know, the ten year old has it. Um, he takes the bullets out and points it at his little brother, pretending to shoot him. Uh, again, that must come from the kids. I mean, exactly. It's like you're gonna rest. I don't know a whole case on the testimony of a child. Yeah, and then and then he puts it in his backpack. The kid puts it in the six year old. In the middle of the night, he went into the bedroom and put the firearm into his backpack, and then took the gun to school. So I, you know, I have a ton of questions as to, you know, after they get done playing with it, you know, the 10 year old takes the bullets out. He he points it at the brother, you know, acts to shoot him. And then he must put it back somewhere. Right. And then the six year old comes back and gets it. Right. But I guess in the interim, the mother doesn't look at the gun and say, hey, why is the gun unloaded? Hey, you know what I mean? Or kid puts it right back where he got it. Well, eh. sure. I mean, if she's completely unaware of what's happening yeah. and she's obviously not using the gun yeah, on a regular right. basis for any reason because she didn't notice it. And, and I think she's had the gun for a while because just based on the fact that the guy who bought it has been in jail for almost a year or right. he's been out, you know. He's, he's been dealing with charges based on. Yeah. That. Yeah. So she must have bought it from him before. Or I say bought it. I'm got it from him. I don't know if we we don't know if she bought it. Gained possession it. of it. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Us lawyers, we like to be hyper super technical here. <laughs> I don't want to assume facts, not in evidence, as they say right, in court. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So it's there's a lot of lot of questions in this. On the surface, it looks horrible. And and she will have problems in custody court. She's probably got problems in criminal court. Right. But I think she can kind of downplay a, a lot of this depending on the circumstances. I mean, like you said, I think the gun may have been tucked away somewhere. And she, pro- she probably didn't look at it much. So when the kids played with it, she didn't even know they had taken the bullets out of it. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I wonder where she was when all this was going on, which is kind of a, a question, too. And, and when the kid goes to school, you know, uh, do you, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say check his backpack, but a, a gun's pretty heavy. You know, uh, a gun with with some bullets is, is pretty heavy. So if you pick up, again, little Johnny's backpack. <laughs> right. And you hand it, or you put it on his back, or you hand it to him on his way out the door. You might be like, wow, why is this thing so heavy? You know? Yeah, I, no, that's definitely going to be noticed. I mean, yeah, I mean we're talking yeah. about a six-year-old, and I mean, that's like putting a, a half a cinder block in your backpack. Like. Yeah, exactly, like a brick. And, you know, that's a nine millimeter, and I don't know how many bullets he had, but they, they have some weight to them. So, you know, when, when she sends him off to school, and I'm assuming she's there and she sends him off to school, I don't know. Um, you know, you, you put his backpack on him and say, wow, this feels heavy. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, was she, did she send them off to school either? I mean, look, when I was a kid, my school was two blocks away. Literally, mm-hmm. I could see it from the bottom of the street that, from my house. And I, you know, there oftentimes I would throw my backpack on and walk to school and, you know, my mom would be off to work. I mean, yeah. that was, you know, in the early nineties, but point you is she, maybe she wasn't walking them off to school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, that six year old, I, that's pretty good of a six-year-old, a 10-year-old I could see, a six-year-old I mean, getting look, up. my sister's three years older than me. I used to just walk with her, you know? Yeah, right. And she was probably, you know, mature, and she said, okay, come on, it's time to go, right. depending on how old you are. Um, 
That's a very I, I, interesting case. I, I honestly, this is one of the few that we've done where I'd be interested in seeing the actual criminal complaint and see what where their evidence is coming from and what other evidence they have that we're not aware of. Yeah. Very curious about that. Yeah, and 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 you know they they have the um, the disclaimer on here, and we we have the same you know disclaimer too, right? That these are just allegations. She hasn't really been convicted of anything, or she has not been convicted of anything at this point. She has a presumption of innocence. She's right. been charged, and she has a preliminary hearing coming up February twenty fourth, which will most likely be that they're usually continued, um, but. That will be her first appearance in in court. She's out on bail. Did we say a fifty thousand dollars unsecured bail? And you, yeah, you had said the no contact with children. So she didn't post any money. Right, uh, right. Get out. So she's out on the street. Releasing her own recognizance, right? Yeah, well, yeah. ROR usually don't have a monetary condition to well, it. Well, if there's a bail amount of fifty thousand and it's unsecured, like I don't yeah. why even have a bail amount? I don't understand what that means. Uh, yeah, I I've always was kind of confused by that too. Like ROR there's no amount on it. Um right. uh, so fifty thousand if there's unsecured, an amount on it then what? It means if you if she doesn't show up and she owes it, fifty grand or somebody has to go hunt her down and they get fifty grand. Yeah she owes she owes 50 grand. Oh, um, so she jumps court. She immediately she owes jumped, the state 50 grand. Yeah. When they, well, when they bring her back now, a lot of times they, re, you Jeez. know, they will okay. negotiate that. But yeah. When you're, you're talking about like, if there's a bail bondsman, right. Where it's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> talk, go hunt them what, down? Yeah. yeah. What happens in that scenario is, yeah, they say $50,000 cash. Right. Right. So she goes to, you know, the bail guy and again bail you know and he he ponies up the 50k right right so he puts the 50k in so when she skips town <laughs> she's a you know the bail guy is out 50k right so he and, starts and working with the state to go get her he, back so you better believe he's going to go looking for her that's why that's why a dog a bounty hunter right right looking for these people but that's why the um, state likes bounty hunters because they get their people back <laughs> yeah they, they get them back and right. now you know the the problem is you get them back they might reinstate bail and the guy doesn't lose his 50k you know there is there is a fee you got to pay the bail bondsman a fee for him to do that because right. you know it's like like borrow money from the bank you know <laughs> they sure, don't do yeah, it for yeah. free they gotta make their money yeah yeah and they want to make sure you're not going to skip right they can you know because they're out they're out money so yeah, someone's someone's got to chase her down if they but this there was no money posted so if she leaves she's on the hook for i mean 50 look, she 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 walked in and, and turned herself in it doesn't sound yeah. like this is somebody that's going to try and run from it and, and, and i don't and, think she really has I don't know this person. I don't know the character of this person. She could be a great person. She could be a bad person. But in my opinion, yeah. it doesn't look like she has a lot to run from. Honestly, I think she, if she were to hire a lawyer, I think she has a, a decent argument. I think she could probably fight it fairly well and, and probably may, I don't know, maybe get rid of that felony. I think she's going to be charged with something, but I think she could probably get lesser charges. Well, here to play, and I know we're running up on time, but to, to play devil's advocate, because that's what us lawyers do. Right? Not us, but you. Yeah. <laughs> we lawyers. <laughs> you, not me. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a street hey, lawyer. You, I'm a YouTube lawyer. You, I was going to say, you like to argue more than I do. So. <laughs> but suppose I represent her, right? And and I, I say to her, uh, okay, tell, you know, tell me about the situation or whatever. And she says, well, you know, the gun was uh, my boyfriend's gun or, you know, the dad's gun. Suppose it was dad's gun. Mm. Dad kept it in the shoebox in the closet and dad left. You know, when they separated, dad moved out and left the gun there. Right. And she says, I didn't even know there was a gun in there. Mm. How, how about that for a defense? Mm. I didn't even know... I didn't know when he moved out, he left a gun in my house. I mean, can negligence like that still charge? Be, can you still be charged? I don't, think, I don't think she's reckless. I don't think she's negligent if she doesn't know it's there. Right. Right. Because don't forget, you know, reap is the R is recklessly endangering, which, right? which implies intent. 
which implies either intent or you're acting not so much intent so much as you're acting in a manner that intent can be inferred right right so like if if I'm driving down the road a hundred miles an hour with my lights off after drinking a couple beers, I don't I'm not intending to kill anybody. Right. You know, my intent is not to run anybody over, but I'm so it's so reckless. It, it it's so reckless that it's foreseeable that I could kill somebody. Right. But I think in this case, she's got to be aware that there's a loaded firearm in the house. Right. Right. Uh, otherwise. You know, I don't think she's she's reckless. Hey, I can say, yeah, I, I, I think she should get a lawyer. I think she could. Maybe she should call you, but I, I think she could have a, a decent defense. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying make up the facts, but I can see factual scenarios. I can see a lot of factual scenarios where this could happen, where there could be a gun in your house um, that you wouldn't a, you wouldn't even know about. Um, like, you know, suppose, you know, I went out and bought a gun and I, and I put it in my dresser drawer. My wife may not even know the guns in the dresser drawer. Right. She might not. Or I buy a house, right? I buy a house and the previous owner had a, had a gun, you know. Stash in the uh, wall or something. Yeah, stash in the, you know, the drop ceiling. Everybody hides the stuff in the drop ceiling in the basement, right? (laughs) Right. And my kids are, you know, messing around the basement and they, you know, whatever. They they, they hit the ball and, it, it, you know, the ceiling panel falls down and, whoa, there's a gun. Okay, am I, am I reckless? No. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, it's funny how my, my whole perception of this case has changed. Yeah, since we the beginning. Talking. I mean, look, We're, there's a lot to it. And I, it doesn't sound like this is just a person who's a criminal just out here doing dumb stuff. I mean, yeah, she got a DUI. Okay, that was stupid. But... It's not like she's she doesn't have any criminal record that I can see. No, and, and I think it all boils down to what she knew. So it's very fact specific, right? If she knew that there was a loaded gun, she knew it was sitting in the bedstand, and it wasn't locked, and there was bullets in it. That's a you know she's toast, right? Right. Obviously, the DA's got to prove all that. Um, it, it, but if the facts change, she may not be guilty at all. Right. And, and, and this I think is why I, it's important to hire a lawyer. <laughs> I, this is what we do. We we look at. I mean, you got to look at angles, and I, you know, I don't know all the facts. Obviously, it may, it may come out as I said that she she gave a statement that said, "Yeah, I keep it. I keep the gun in there because I'm afraid of whatever." Right. And I'm I'm sorry, I didn't realize little Johnny was in there. Right. All right. That, that's kind of cooker, right? That's a different case. Sure. Um. But but yeah, but so even that this- like uh, uh, all right, we got to wrap it up here. But even that, you could potentially, <laughs> as a lawyer, fight to get rid of a testimony like that. I think so. If you could suppress that testimony or say that a t- you know ten year old's not credible, right. I mean, look, a six six year old still believes in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, right? right? Right. So so his concept of reality is is not like uh, is Very not really strong, right? right. Yeah. yeah. So a ten year old's a little better, but some some kids are not you know, competent to testify because they're too young. Right. All right. So, yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting case. It is. It is. It's very. We always say we're going to follow up on these things. That's your job. Yeah. It takes a while for these things to unravel. So, so we will, I I would like to follow up on this. And I, I wish that this person would reach out to you uh, because I find out more. I think she has a, a, a reasonable defense. I think there's a lot of open doors for her to, to fight that case. Uh, it is unfortunate, uh, and anybody who does own a gun should be a little safer. And and you know, if you're at least aware that there's a gun in your house, you should protect that from your kids and make sure it's somewhere safe. Uh, anyway, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, be f- be sure to share it. Definitely like and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, if you're looking for an attorney, listen to the disclaimer at the end here, and you'll have all Carl's information if you want to hire him for a consultation. We'll see you guys on the next podcast. The information contained in this podcast is provided for general information purposes only. It is not intended as legal advice or advice for a specific case or legal matter. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as an agreement for legal representation. This podcast and parties do not represent you in your particular matter unless there's an express written representation agreement between you and this firm. If you're interested in obtaining legal services, head over to cnaplaw.com or call 215-268-6333 and schedule an appointment today. That's cnaplaw.com. 215-268-6333.
215-268-6333. For more high quality music like this, head over to bensounds.com.